Shulchan Arecharav, we are in Simen Shin Tezayin, in the middle of Halacha Yud Zayin, section 316. We are in the middle of the 17th Halacha. We explained in the beginning of the Halacha that even L'Chatechila, a person can trap any type of creeping animal that normally causes harm, like a snake or a scorpion. And we said this applies even in places where their bite is not life-threatening. And even if they're not currently, presently pursuing the person at all, He's just worried about that they might later pursue him or bite somebody else. Um, and he wants to even protect somebody else so they don't bite the other person. In all these cases, because he is trapping these animals just to save himself or somebody else from the harm they cause, that's called malacha she'ena as we explained. It's a forbidden labor that's not for the object itself. That's not performed for the object itself. He doesn't need uh, the hide or the blood from these animals. He's just trying to protect himself. Now, even though we explained that midaraisa one is exempt when one does a malachoshin esichel agufa, a midarabonon by rabbinic law one is is forbidden from performing this action still. But in this case, the chachamim gave complete license to perform this act because of the possibility of physical harm. Continuing the Allah. there are authorities who maintain that one who performs a malachoshin esichel agufa is liable. Now, according to these authorities, the Shabbos may not be desecrated through the performance of an activity that is defined as a scripturally forbidden labor in a complete sense, when it merely involves a threat of physical harm. Doing so is permitted only when there is life-threatening danger. That's Sakanus Nefashus. Like it says in 334, a scriptural prohibition was never released except in an instance of mortal danger. Still, nonetheless, in this case... Even these authorities advocate leniency since one is not trapping the animals in the ordinary manner, but rather merely doing something that prevents them from causing harm. For example, covering them with a container, surrounding them with barriers so that they are confined, or binding them so that they will not cause harm. Hence, licenses given to do this even for creeping animals that are not deadly but merely cause harm. And we should point out, based on what it says in Halacha Chaf Base 22, that a meticulous person should be stringent with himself when possible, it's preferable to snare these animals in an irregular manner. And this uh, concludes Halacha Yudzain 17. Halacha Yudches Chul Zebedim Mosim Shadark and Lazik Mamash Gein Nechashim Makrab All the above applies to creeping animals that are wont to actually cause harm, for example, snakes and scorpions. Even in places where their bite does not cause mortal danger, their bite does nevertheless cause harm to the body. Similar uh, principles apply in all analogous situations. By contrast, it is forbidden um, to trap, and, and we're talking about rabbinically, to trap living beings that do not cause harm to the body, merely uh, discomfort. For example, wasps, flies, mosquitoes, fleas, and the like. Now we should point out that if we know it's known that uh, this kind of insect has uh, carries a disease, for example, ticks that might carry Lyme disease or mosquitoes that might carry West Nile fever or the Zika virus, or if one is allergic to their sting, greater leniency may be shown. Okay, continuing on, uh, so based on this, it is therefore forbidden to take hold of a flea that is on one's clothes. This applies even if it is on the inside of his garment next to his skin. Indeed, even if it is on one's skin, he is forbidden to take hold of it as long as it is not biting him. If, however, it bites him, he is permitted to take hold of it while it is biting him and cast it away. 
For when he takes hold of it while it is biting him, he does not intend to trap it. He is only dealing with it so that it doesn't bite him. Our sages did not impose the decree in this instance, even though all that is involved is discomfort, since this is a species that is not commonly trapped. And this is in contrast to fowl or undomestic animal, animals that are trapped. Okay. Hence, as explained in Allah Chadal, the prohibition is only rabbinic in origin. Okay. Similarly, in an instance where there is discomfort, our sages did not impose a decree against moving a flea, even though it's muktza, as is any living being. Similarly, if one is being stung by a wasp or the like, he may take it with his hand and cast it away if it is impossible to make it fly away in another fashion. There are authorities who permit sneering a flea even when it's not on its body, but it's on the inner side of one's garments, since it can cause discomfort there. It is even permitted to sneer it from the outside of one's undershirt, since the undershirt is close to one's flesh, and it's possible for the flea to move from there to the flesh and bite him. If, however, a flea is on a person's body in a place where there's no concern that it will bite him, for example, it's on the outside of his upper garment, it's forbidden to take hold of the flea. One may over shake the flea off him and make it fall. Lenin Allah says the Altarim with regard to actual practice. If it's easy for one to cause the flea to fall off his body without taking hold of it, he should do so, even if the flea is on the inner side of his undergarments. If, however, the person is wearing leggings and it's difficult for him to cause the flea to fall, if he does not first take hold of it by hand, he is not remiss for relying on the more lenient authorities since this matter is of rabbinic law. This concludes Allah Yud Chas 18 and today's share.